Join our global community of travel lovers at zerototravel.com. Zero to Travel Audio Adventures presents Trekking Nepal. Episode 15, Electricity. In this episode, as we are coming to the end, we review our trek, think about what we could have done differently, and talk about the total cost of the trip. It's November 5th, day 12, and we started the day in Yagat and arrived in Machikola, which is basically civilization, right? It's what? it's basically civilization, as we quote-unquote say civilization, because... Um, even though we're one day walking from Argat, um, they have, like, we're in, like, an outdoor area. It's, like, there's, like, lights, and you can plug things, there's shops around, you can plug things in, in our room, and charge things, and we're out of the small villages, so it's kind of like, even though we have the whole day to walk tomorrow, it feels like almost the trek is kind of over as far as being in special little villages and having to find a place to brush your teeth and having to find water. And we've kind of got the, the luxuries of, um, of this resort. It's what it's called. It's still a budget <laughs> we hotel. In a room yeah, we're not we sure if we can tried. use it. It looks a little crap. Doesn't look like it's we can use it, but um, the squat toilet's clean, and it always comes back to the toilets. <laughs> um, no, but we're back in civilization. Uh, just one day left on the trek. We're back away from the small villages and back in a bigger area. And how do you how do you feel? How does that make you feel? Mm, kind of miss like have to go outside and find like the village water place to brush my teeth and like wash my hands but now we actually have a sink and mirrors and uh i i I kind of i'm kind of looking forward to now that like the trip is coming to end to get off the track a little bit but i i miss like the the tibetan villages up in the mountains where you could see the mountains it was cold, but no bugs. Here it bugs. And it's very crowded. It's like a lot of people drinking beer. And I guess most of these people are actually going back down. Yeah. I know. I guess I'm kind of ready to go back to Katmandu because we know that we're going there. Uh, the only thing I'm not looking forward to is the night in Aragat. Uh, if we have to stay at the same place. And second is the jeep ride or bus ride yeah. <clears throat> back to Gatmandu. Yeah, I'm feeling, I mean, I was tired on the trail today and not feeling at all good this morning again um, with my back, but uh, and the trail was very rocky in the beginning of the day, first half of the day, so it was a little tough going, but um, <clears throat> when all said and done, I'm, I'm with you. I, You know, the fact that we're close to Kathmandu now, it's like when you get to the end of something, you're you're a little bit ready for it because you have to be you know because it's ending but when i think about the smaller villages and it's like you said specifically the tibetan buddhist villages up higher they're so special and i really could have hung out there for probably weeks and just if we had an oven (laughs) if we had an oven yeah (laughs) okay it was cold 
Oh, oh yeah, yeah, you like were that. Oh, we tried oh, like the a Tibetan bread last night, and yeah. yagat, that was not good. Not they the same as in the Tibetan. Uh, and I got shoes today. Like, I got my new uh, Love Rose <laughs> shoes. Oh, awesome flip flops for three bucks. Yeah. Probably overpaid by 50 cents, but mm, whatever. we let it slide. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm sad. We've had an amazing experience trekking through Nepal and spent so much quality time together and learned so much about the people and the places and the villages with our guide Samir. And. Yeah, looking around and seeing a lot of groups of people drinking beer, hanging out. It's just like kind of like you're back in the city almost. And these villages are so special and unique. It's really hard to put into words. Um, tired. We're not hungry. The food's better down here. Um, oh, yeah, the lunch in Tatopani today was awful. Yeah, it wasn't I good. Yeah, um, we shouldn't complain because it is actually one of the poorest countries in the world. So we are we have full stomach stomachs every day. We have three meals a day. We're not starving at all. Yeah, we talked about this a little on the trail uh, yesterday, and I want to ask you what you, what you got out of Nepal. Yeah, I think Nepal gives more to us than we could ever give to her. What I did get out of the trip, it's it will change me forever to have done it just being in nepal have changed me forever how in the way that travel in general change you forever so in a way because you get new perspective of things you meet people you see other cultures you see uh and and nepal is also like with this track it's you have this beautiful nature and massive nature that you have so much respect for. Maybe also because like before the trip, the the blizzard happened and we love mountains too. I come from a mountain area, you live, uh, or Boulder is in a mountain area, Colorado is a mountain area. Um, and having the respect for, for the nature. And I think especially in Himalaya, it's like so extremely massive um and also seeing these people that i think in the western world we are getting kind of we try to be like a part of nature but we are at the same time detaching us from it but in nepal people are living in it and with it which is which is something i would like to do more myself i think it's important that everyone are more respectful for nature and and what we do to it and i think the nepalese uh people have a very high respect especially those that lives up in the in the mountains and in the valleys that they they live out of it and with it and have a very high respect of it that's something that is good to see um, and I think like that we that have like all this stuff around us, material stuff all the time that we think we need, we don't need it. <laughs> That's something that it's 
we can learn from? Yeah, I think going off that, it's like you can have those material things, but the awareness that you don't need them or the detachment from it is important. And of course, this is, we're saying this under the context of we are very fortunate to have the basic necessities of life. You know, we have a roof over our head. We can be warm. We can get hot water. We can turn on the heat. So we're, we're extremely fortunate. We're not discounting any of that. No, no. Uh, in fact, it's quite the opposite. Being in these villages in Nepal makes you appreciate. What you have um, yeah. a lot more. Yeah. And um, anything you learned about yourself in particular that you can share? No, maybe that I'm I I I'm a mountain girl. <laughs> I knew that from before, but like how much I really love the mountains. We were talking about it like well, we we, we were talking we we show we could have like gone somewhere totally else. We could have gone to a beach. Um and just had like a vacation on the beach, but we were talking about it. I guess sometimes we were like, Why didn't we go to a beach? But <laughs> not really, we didn't. We we really truly loved her. Only when you were really cold and taking a cold shower at <laughs> yeah, uh, and dropped a her very high underwear and like beside the toilet area <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> in with a cold shower. But anyway, um yeah, I really enjoy using my body and and also that you have to work a little bit to get to the good places. You have to work for it. You have to walk. You have to use your body. It's a value in that, that you have to, to sweat a little bit mm-hmm. instead of getting... Margaritas delivered to your yeah, exactly. lounge chair. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and, and, I, and I enjoy that. I enjoy um, working for it. It feels so much better. And it reminded me of a funny story. I'll tell really quickly we were in a village and i hadn't showered for many days well we we actually sort of showered when we went to the the town a little bit early on that has a hot spring part of the water that runs this very small village is a hot spring and you can kind of get in there and clean off and oh, it's yeah, a place where lower down where, yeah that was lower down so then it had been many days i don't know how long since i had showered and we had stayed at a place where supposedly they had a little hot water and you could take a shower and then there wasn't going to be anything the rest of the time. So I was like, I think I'm going to take a shower, which is a little bit of an effort, I guess. You know, you got to kind of get your stuff ready and then you have to walk to the shower and that's a cold experience. Anyway, I had like one clean pair of underwear. I think I was saving for this and I got all ready and I went out into the courtyard outside because the hotel or the guest house that the tea house we were staying at was like a had a courtyard and so i walked across that there were some people there eating lunch and just whatever and i went in to take a shower and i'm like all right awesome i'm gonna hang my towel up and hang my clean underwear up here and it was like a shower right next to a toilet and it was pretty dirty and pretty gross but i was still excited so anyway i'm standing there naked shivering freezing because it's not indoor really it's indoor but you can you're outdoors basically (laughs) yeah and i turn the faucet and no water comes out i believe nothing and i'm standing there and i'm fiddling around with it and nothing's happening so then i have to go get somebody and 
bring them back and they say, oh, this, uh, yeah, you can't take a shower right now because I think the water had been, yeah, frozen. It froze. So they needed to wait to dethaw it. And I think that involved lighting a fire underneath thing and waiting a long time or something. So I wasn't going to take a shower, but we've been trekking for a while. So I'm like, okay, whatever. And no big deal. And so I went back in to get my stuff. I don't remember when exactly it happened, but then my only clean pair of underwear fell down on the ground right next to the toilet in some muddy, (laughs) dirty water that was most likely a mix of piss and (laughs) old shower water and (laughs) grossness. And I didn't... I didn't break at all, actually. I think, you know, after at that point, I think that's something that trekking can teach you. Oh, you were really, really mad. Was I? I yes. don't remember. Oh, you were so mad. Oh, God. Well, I, I didn't break for me. I, I could have been worse, I guess. You came into the room and bitched for, I don't know, two hours probably. <laughs> I must have blocked that part out. Yeah, you were so <laughs> mad and upset because I took a shower before you. Oh, I wasn't mad so about that. So you were that. blaming was, me for using <laughs> No, I wasn't. I said I was glad that you took a shower. Yeah. In oh, the, yeah, in the did, sarcastic way. Oh, yeah, but you did. Said. That's right. Oh, my God. I totally forgot. You used up all the hot water. No, I didn't. I, I didn't shower for long, but I also dropped my <laughs> towel, actually. In you the didn't same shower thing. for long, my ass. No, I didn't. But but you were you were not happy and you were bitching for a long time so uh long story short anna dorothy used up all the hot water and then i <laughs> yeah. didn't get any she was gone for like an hour all right let, let me paint this picture a little bit more before we <laughs> yeah, right. she was gone for a while then she came an back hour. and not an hour. okay fine not an hour but she was gone for a while and she came back and i was very happy for her and i wasn't going to go in front of her anyway so that's ridiculous but of course she she goes she does her thing and she comes back and she's just ranting and raving. Oh, so good. It's so good to be clean. She's combing her hair. She smells pretty. Oh, it's so good. It just feels so I didn't great. It in that oh, way. was going on and on about how great it was. At this time, of course, you didn't know that I wasn't going to get a shower. You were yeah, just expressing true. yourself. But now it's all coming back. In the context of all that, getting pumped up about how good it is. And then she actually inspired me to shower. Cause I'm like, all right, yeah, I'm going to go do it. Cause yeah, that just I sounds so that. good. And, and then the letdown of not being able to do it. And then coming back <laughs> to you rubbing lotions on your body and being all clean. And I'm like, Oh, I hope you enjoyed your shower because I didn't get one. <laughs> so that's right i was Uh, not in there for an hour that's for sure oh man that's funny anyway it takes a long time to remember jason used longer time in the bathroom this is why it's good to have a in general this is why it's good to have a travel companion because then they remember things that you don't and vice versa we were really glad that we chose the manislu track i'm sure i i want to do other tracks in in the Himalayas too, but um, I was very happy with the Manaslu. It was it was the perfect amount of other people, um, and it was great in the way that you didn't feel like you were walking uh, beside a road that some of the others we've heard about is, and it's still like that feeling like it's not so developed. 
yet that it's very authentic. Um, so you get like you get a peek into people's daily life, and yeah, I was, and the scenery is of course beautiful. Um, yeah, it's a good. Um, it, I highly recommend it, and it's 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 a track that is. I guess they call it like, um, or they grade it as a as a moderate hard track. So it's it challenge you too. So that's always fun, I think. So yeah, I'm very happy about it. I don't know about you. I think yeah, so. Yeah, I'm thrilled that we did it because again, our first time trekking there, there's some infrastructure, but it's not overdeveloped like we've heard Annapurna and Everest Base Camp is. Of course, Everest is so iconic. You've read books like Into Thin Air, you hear about Everest your whole life. So the idea of hiking to base camp and seeing that and experiencing that whole scene is a sexy idea for sure. And it's something I would like to do someday just because it's popular doesn't mean it's not beautiful and that it's something that I don't want to do. But um, but yeah, I think Monoslu was a good blend of exactly what we wanted, which was something that's established and there's some infrastructure, but it's not overdeveloped. It's not overcrowded. It's still an up and coming track. We've heard uh, some other tracks that are maybe up and coming, but not as popular, like I think Lang Tang. Different tracks have different things to offer. One thing I would add is we met multiple people along the trail at the tea houses we were staying out, staying at in the guest houses that had been to Nepal before. So unanimously, I would say, it, it seems that everybody that had been there, whether if there, if it was their first trek, they were already talking about how they wanted to come back and do more. Or they had already been trekking there before and they were on the Manaslu Trail doing another trek because this is the thing they come back and, and do and they want to try different tracks. So it's one of those places, Nepal, that's very special and trekking there is such a special thing that you do, I feel, want to go back. And I certainly would love to go back and do some different uh, trekking in some different areas to see what those areas are like, to experience more of those beautiful, varied Himalayan mountain views and just get out into the the wilderness, into the villages in Nepal and different areas. We're happy that we didn't plan out the track too much beforehand. Okay, so there's, I think, a spectrum for people when it comes to travel. And on one side, you have people that plan every last detail imaginable. And then you have the other side of the spectrum, which is people that don't do make any plans at all. We probably fall into, we don't fall into the not making any plans at all side, but we definitely fall on that side of of the spectrum yeah <laughs> we couldn't really we, we were reading about different tracks and we couldn't really agree on which one to do so we did plan in that way um but then we didn't have a, like a solid plan so what we knew that was that we were flying into Kathmandu, and from there we would decide kind of but then things decided a little bit for us because just one week before we were supposed to leave norway to go to nepal the big avalanche in the himalayas happened and uh, the annapurna circuit got closed anyway and also uh, up to 
Mount Everest. Was, and there were many tourists killed. Yeah, and a, lo- a lot of people got killed. When we got to Kathmandu, then we got the information that the Annapurna Circus was anyway closed. So it was an option to go there. And um, and also, like, we met some other uh, trackers and they were like, oh, you didn't plan anything. Like, how could you do? Like, how could you? Yeah, they were surprised that we would go. Like, they had, like, planned so long in forehand, booked everything. Mm-hmm. We got there. We, we, we went to different travel agency to to ask around for like prices and where to go and and all that when we did that in Kathmandu and it was we were so little planned that we got there when it was one of the biggest festival during the year so basically everything was going to be closed down and we also got the information that you probably can't leave anywhere in a couple of days because it's a mm. festival. So we were like, oh, okay, this means that we should have planned more. We should have read a little bit more. So that was a lesson, kind of. But at the same time, everything turned out perfectly. Yeah. We, so In that way, so you, we shouldn't have planned no, more. No, exactly. Right. But it's like, it was a little lesson that maybe it would be good. And, and also, but pr- price, like, I don't know, really the price... Um, I think you always save money when you get it on the ground as opposed to going through an agency because they're putting their charges on unless you're working locally with an agency before you come. But most people, I mean, I would say 9.5 times out of 10, that's not statistically proven. But if you buy a package for some something like this from home, you're going to pay way more than you do when you arrive. So if you're going to arrive and not be planned out like we were then you want to leave a buffer for the unexpected like yeah, we, like festivals that yeah um shut down the town for a couple of days or not being able to find the right agency or guide or just needing you know there are a lot of logistics that need to work out so you but just normally build time. things are working out like we feel like we got the best guide and the porter we could imagine and mm-hmm. uh also, like, that we ended up with the Manaslu. We had, like, a feeling about the Manaslu before we left, but mm-hmm. we weren't sure. But it turned out to be exactly what we wanted. So you need to, like, feel what is best for you. If you need to have control and need to be very planned out, then do that. But also have faith that things are working out, even if you don't have planned everything. And also, like, it's it's fun to not have planned everything because you... You don't know how Um, it's going to play out. No, exactly. And part of the adventure is getting there and figuring it out. And that's part of the journey and the travel. Yeah, and you learn a lot. Like you meet people and you have to ask around and maybe you learn something that is smart instead of like just getting to a place, get picked up maybe at the airport and like then everything is sold out for you. Like, Mm. um, yeah, I think it's fun to, we both like to to do things by ourselves, I guess. <laughs> yeah, and also getting to meet locals during yeah. the planning process yeah. and everything. But of course, like you shouldn't go to Kathmandu and like get the first person on the street and that offer you like... No, everybody will be offering you tracks yeah. on the street. So and that's, you should not do that. <laughs> but you should check up different travel agency that are um, well uh, reviewed maybe or uh, look around. And for this example, Kathmandu, it's... it's we we visit different agencies. We went there, talked to talked to them, talked to also different guides, mm-hmm. and ch- chose the one we we felt mo- most. Ultimately, with. you're going to be spending we maybe weeks with somebody, <laughs> so you want to make sure that 
you're with the right person. And we yeah. actually turned down another guide that we didn't feel was yeah. a good fit. He yeah. just seemed too young and inexperienced and we didn't have the vibe that we had with Samir. Yeah. And also the language can be like, you want to have somebody that you can communicate with, especially the guide, the porters, um, they barely speak English. You can experience that, but the guide, yeah, you should be able to communicate with, with the guide uh, for different reasons, mostly for, for learning about, yeah, like Jason said, you're going to spend, we spent 15 days with Samir. If he wasn't able to communicate much with us, the trip would have been totally different. It could have been still good, but it's like... We I learned we so learned much. We learned very much. And also like different challenges we had along the way. I got sick, for example. It was very important that for me, at least, I felt more safe that he was actually, <laughs> he knew the language. And also the <clears throat> because of the conditions up in the mountain, the mountain pass, just knowing that we got enough information about what was the right thing to do. Well, for Manislu, you had to have a guide too. Yeah, that's it true. Was, it but was like, legally I mean, you had to. We, we had like others we, we talked anyway. to yeah. and they didn't really speak English that good. Yeah, so that's true. It's even if it was a sweet person and everything, but it's, we hit the jackpot with Samir and also yeah. because he was willing to share all about Nepal with you, obviously having him yeah. asking him to record so much yeah. and to ask him questions that we could record and share with everybody it was just good chemistry was and that's like something you can't really get when you book something from your home country you don't know what you get but we actually kind of interviewed him and like got to ask questions and we talk to him, him and yeah, yeah. And, and felt like a really good chemistry. So the choice was easy. I think that's a good reason to not plan too much beforehand, I would say. Just that. Mm -hmm. One thing that I wish I had done is to research the cost of the treks on the ground beforehand. And I recommend that you do that if you're arranging your own trek in Nepal. Because I didn't feel like I had firm ground for negotiating because I didn't really know what that sweet spot was. But you have to keep in mind when you're negotiating for a trek, you're taking a porter, maybe many porters and guide or guides away from their families and out into the mountains for two or three weeks at a clip. So they deserve to be paid. And then since we arranged through an agency, and that's how we found Samir, they're going to take their cut. So I negotiated with the guy at the agency, but I don't think I did a good job negotiating because there were two versions he kind of offered us. We could pay a little less and deal with all the money stuff along the way ourselves, where we would pay all the tea houses, pay for our food, settle up the bills at the end, or we could pay a little more, which was actually, in hindsight, I think it was a lot more, too much more, and have the guide handle everything. And we're like, you know what? I don't even want to look at my, I don't want, I just want to be in nature. I don't want to deal with the money or anything like that every day. We'll just let Samir handle it all. And I think Samir would have handled it all anyway, whatever version we took. So I think that was sort of BS. And the guy that did arrange the trek, although he was, he was nice, but he was a business guy. And it, it was, I don't think we got the best deal. But I wanted to make sure that Samir and Mingmar were taken care of, of course. So I think we ended up paying about $100 a day, something like that. So it was maybe around 2000 bucks or something. But then you split that in half and we're not spending any additional money. So if we're spending $50 each 
every day while we're traveling, which is a lot in Nepal. But it was kind of a treat. And again, I didn't do the best job negotiating on that. So I think we could have maybe paid 30% less. But this is all yeah, spe- this then, is all speculation. I, yeah. I don't know. And then maybe like because you have to tip the the guide and the yeah. and that's optional what you want to give but that's obviously like at least for our sake that that's where you kind of want to spend the money mm-hmm. you want to give those that actually have been and you know that that goes to them or hopefully it goes to their pockets and not to the company's pockets. We were going to finish our trek on the other side of the pass then get over to Pokhara by bus. And we left our extra stuff with the agency. They were going to take it to Pokhara for us, where we could collect it after finishing the trek. But now we're going to have to take that insane Jeep ride again from Argot to Kathmandu. And then we can get on the bus to Pokhara after we arrive. Pokhara is a bit different than the rest of Nepal. It's very developed. There are a lot of Western tourists there. So they have a lot of restaurants, some luxury hotels, and we want to go there after the trek just to relax. And also, there are a lot of hikes to do there, plus other outdoor activities if you want to do hang gliding or parasailing. We also want to spend a few days in the historic UNESCO World Heritage Site of Bhaktapur, where there are ancient Buddhist and Hindu temples. Trekking Nepal, coming up in episode 16. This is going to be our final walk. And it was already dark, and we had the same (laughs) road back as we came. Along cliffs that, if you look down, I mean, if the driver made one false move or fell asleep for a second, we were dead. Yeah. In Pokhara, we had to sort out our visas. Voices swirling in the air and just filling the temple and spilling out of the temple. This audio adventure series has been brought to you by ZeroToTravel.com. Ideas and advice to help make any of your travel dreams a reality. Join our global community of travel lovers at ZeroToTravel.com. Hey, it's Jason here. If you are enjoying this series, please stop by ZeroToTravel.com slash trekking to join our global community of hikers and discover the ultimate resource on trekking worldwide. You'll also learn more about our upcoming authentic small group walking adventures. That's zero to travel.com slash trekking. Hey.